Today we celebrate the North American martyrs, and this is the third day in a row that we've been celebrating martyrs. The word martyr basically means testimony or witness. That's the root of the word, testimony or witness. And we're supposed to be giving testimony and witness to our Catholic faith at all times. By the way, we live charity in truth and truth in charity. The way that we live the Eucharistic life of Jesus, who makes himself little, small, humble, but loving with such a powerful love that holds the whole universe together, a powerful love that heals. Yesterday evening we had a healing service. A powerful love that gives meaning to life and brings people together in marriages and families. A powerful love that allows martyrs to go to distant lands in very challenging circumstances and lay down their lives going against their natural inclinations to give testimony to the goodness of God. And so that's what you're being prepared for in this retreat. Our Lady Mother of the Eucharist is for you to live the Eucharistic life, which will mean that you are taken like Jesus takes the elements of bread and wine, but then you'll be blessed. We all like to be blessed. But then you're going to be broken so you can be given away. The only way to be given away is to be broken. Don't be afraid of being broken. And God, who has created everything and holds everything in, in creation together, can restore, confirm, strengthen, and renew everything. That's what St. Peter writes. St. Peter experienced that in his own life. And then eventually he laid down his life as a martyr. So today, we hear the importance of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit to give this testimony to Jesus Christ. And we are not to worry about what we will say when we're taken before the authorities, so-called authorities of this world. And at that point, we'll be given what we need to say by the Holy Spirit. So we need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's one of my hopes in today's homily, helping you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I would urge you all to spend at least five minutes every day with the Holy Spirit and listen to him. He's within you if you're in a state of grace. He's so wonderful. He's the the love of God poured out in our hearts. That's Romans 5.5, 5, a scriptural definition of the Holy Spirit. The love of God poured into our hearts. That's amazing. 
And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. But we need to spend time with someone to build a relationship. It's about relationships of love. That's what the Eucharist is about. That's what this relationship with the Holy Spirit is about. That's what our relationship with our Father is about. And our Blessed Mother will help us grow in these relationships with love when we love her. So I urge you to spend some time with him and mostly listen to him. We know that he gives us, in our baptism, faith, hope, and charity. We heard about Abraham hoping against hope. You know, I'm an old man. How can I have a child? There was this promised child I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to be the father of many nations, so many children more than the stars in the sky and the sands on the shore of the sea. And I'm so old now, and Sarah's old. But he hoped against hope. And then he's asked to sacrifice the son, Isaac. But he believed that what God has given, God could restore. And ultimately, God formed Abraham after his own heart with the Father's heart for many nations. And God the Father is the one who gives us his son, who immolates himself, which means basically allows himself to be totally offered and totally sacrificed as the victim in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass that uh, is consummated on the cross. But the Lord rises from the dead. And it's through the testimony of the martyrs who lay down their lives, dying to ourselves, we're all supposed to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Christ. By doing this, believing in the Word of God, by dying to ourselves, that witness of faith is what's going to help other people's faith. There's the famous saying that it's the blood of the martyrs that are the seed of faith. It's happened in many, many countries around the world. The blood of the martyrs are the seed of faith. But let's get to this development of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'll just give you some simple things to think about. There's a wonderful prayer. O Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten, guide, strengthen, and console me. Enlighten, guide, strengthen, and console me. Tell me what I ought to do and command me to do it. I promise to be submissive in everything that you permit to happen to me. Only show me what is your will. Now, I would pray that prayer, but I realized... After praying the prayer, I just went about doing what I had already intended to do instead of listening to the Holy Spirit, okay? We're asking the Holy Spirit to enlighten, guide, strengthen, and console. Do we stop and listen to him? One of the dangers is also to override the Holy Spirit with our own spirit. When I give Lenten missions, I'll give you the brief account of an example of how we override the Holy Spirit. So I use the example of a hypothetical example, but it could be very real in analogy. This man is about to start the holy season of Lent. He goes to his spiritual director, a priest, and they're determining what the what should be the program of prayer, fasting, almsgiving. That's what we should do for every holy season of Lent and Advent. 
in particular. And so for fasting, you know, they were in prayer together and, you know, this, it came to light that the man is very attached or even addicted to donuts. The man just liked donuts. He used to eat at least six every morning. And he was overweight and diabetic. And so for the holy season of Lent, it was agreed in the Holy Spirit that he was going to give up donuts. Well, three weeks into Lent, the holy season of Lent, the man comes to his spiritual director, the priest, and says, Father, I ate donuts. You know, and a good father is going to be okay. My son, well, let's, you know, ask pardon of the Lord, but let's go forward. And he goes, but you don't understand, Father. I ate donuts because the Holy Spirit told me to eat donuts. Now it gets interesting. This is where priests need to learn to bite their lip. We, we kind of like this. So you can't see, am I being tested or not? I don't know if I'm being tested here. So explain to me, please, how the Holy Spirit told you to eat donuts. Because the Holy Spirit, we agreed, had guided us not to have donuts. Well, the man says, well, so I was riding down the street, Father. I was driving down the street, and I saw that donut shop. And I said, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. And then the happy thought came upon me. If there's an open parking place in front of the donut shop, we, we all know this. If there's an open parking place in front of the donut shop, I should eat donuts. So the 12th time around the block, <laughs> you get it, right? We want our will. That's the bottom line. We want our will, and our will overrides the will of the Holy Spirit. We know when the Holy Spirit is speaking. I knew when I was a child and my mother said behave, I knew exactly what she meant, right? I know what my mother means when she says behave. Thank God my superior hasn't said behave yet, but I would know what he would mean if he would say it. We want to override the Holy Spirit, or sometimes we fall into the trap of the evil one and we'll say we'll do it tomorrow, The grace is there that day. The Holy Spirit is always doing something new. He gives you a grace for the moment. We need to learn to act on it right away without delay, like Mary in the second joyful mystery. Right away, act on it. Even though it's going to hurt, you're going to die to yourself. You're tired. And there's that poor man knocking at the door. That's Jesus. We need to go do the right thing. We know the right thing. You get in the habit of responding to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit speaks about, you know, like he gave us a schedule for the retreat. You know, we do our best, but in a religious community, you know, our, our orarium, our schedule is, is, we count that as being, you know, from the Holy Spirit, our, our superiors speaking from the Holy Spirit. Of course, Scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit. Develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually reveals to you the meaning of Scripture He's the one who inspired the scripture, and he's the one who helps you understand the meaning. How beautiful. He's the love of God poured out in your heart. He's going to give you what you need, but you need to develop this relationship with him. 
Because let's now go to this sin against the Holy Spirit that the Lord addresses in the gospel. And I mean, you know, this is serious because, you know, people say, well, well there's a sin God can't forgive or won't forgive. He, the merciful God, the loving God. Well, here's what it really is. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is not just simply a sinful word or a thought. It's a fixed inner disposition. A fixed inner disposition, basically to oppose God. Okay? It begins with a stubborn refusal to welcome the Christian message. But that stubbornness hardens into a refusal to accept God's mercy. Which is itself a choice to refuse salvation. And so the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1864, says, Anyone who deliberately refuses to accept God's mercy by repenting, rejects the forgiveness of his sins and the salvation offered by the Holy Spirit. Such hardness of heart can lead to final impenitence and eternal loss. Bottom line, it's final impenitence. God keeps holding out mercy to us. He holds out the Eucharist. He gives us so many A's. The Holy Spirit's the one who gave us faith, hope, and charity. God gave us this, but by the operation of the Holy Spirit in our baptism, we talked about the baptism of the Lord in the first conference this morning. The Holy Spirit is there, but you see, what we need to do is we need to keep nourishing our faith, like coming to this retreat and participating in this retreat praying the rosary, but a consistent prayer life where you're listening to the word of God. Our Blessed Mother is going to help you listen to the Eucharistic Lord in the word of God as he's the word made flesh. Regular reception of the sacraments of Eucharist and reconciliation. We need to keep nourishing our faith. We're living organisms. We're growing. We're developing. And if we don't grow and develop, then we die. You don't just stay stagnant at a certain level. You're either growing or you're regressing. And so we need to keep asking the Holy Spirit to help us. And Our Lady will help us have the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and Jesus himself says, you know, basically ask for the Holy Spirit. One of the main things to pray for, I would pray for, is the Holy Spirit, not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, there are great gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord, right? Do you ever ask for those gifts? You're in a situation. Do you ever say, please give me wisdom? Do you ever say, please give me understanding? Please give me counsel? Please give me fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord. We should ask for those things. But then we should listen. If we're asking for wisdom, listen for the wisdom, right? But trust. And then the fruits of the Holy Spirit. What great fruits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, modesty, chastity, and generosity. Wow, what fruits. And he helps us live the Beatitudes. We need to develop and nurture this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit. And then ask for his gifts. 
and ask for eternal life. Ask to be made holy, sanctification. Trust, but be open to what, what God does in your life then. So if he starts the process of purification, praise the Lord. But let's not get hard hearts. You see, faith that we hear about like with Abraham, and, and Mary's our mother in faith, and Abraham's our father in faith, Faith is an active confidence in God. Faith is an active confidence in God. Active confidence in God. And it's seeing God present and responding to his actions and his call. And for those who he really loves, and he loves us all, but those who really open themselves to him, he's really going to keep asking you to go more deeply into embracing the cross. To be one with Jesus. The Father loves to see Jesus. Mary loves to see Jesus. The Holy Spirit loves to see Jesus. So they want to form you into another Jesus. But that's a process. And so the Holy Spirit wants to form us into other Jesus so that we can continue the mission. The mission of Jesus, his redemptive mission, and the sanctifying mission of the Holy Spirit. So now we come full circle to the North American martyrs. Eight wonderful Jesuits who were French coming to Quebec in North America between 1642 and 1649. I want to name all eight because sometimes, you know, you hear of the one saint and their companions. And like, if today all of us were arrested and we were martyred together, I hope they would remember all our names, you know, not just uh, Brother David and companions. I mean, that's, that's nice. You know, God knows, you know, we're not competing with each other, but, you know, I think you're all just as important. And so we have John de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues, Anthony Daniel, Gabriel Lalamont, Charles Garnier, Gamier, Noel Chabanal, John Lalande, and Rene Goupil. They came, they were serving principally the Huron Indians who were very peaceful, but they were persecuted by the Iroquois who were warriors and those in alliance with the Iroquois, for example, the Mohawks. Now, we're not saying any group of people are, you know, to be isolated as, you know, these are all, you know, all the Iroquois are the the bad ones and the Hurons are the good ones. The bottom line is when you go to a mission territory and people only know a certain way of life, they might know violence and war, is a challenge. And the people you're going to work with in this world, there's going to be some people that's all they know. I'll go into that in the third sorrowful mystery this 
afternoon's conference about those soldiers that were crowning Jesus with thorns. All they knew was violence. Actually, that's that's great poverty if the only thing you know is violence. And Jesus had pity on them. But the heroic actions of these martyrs is instructive. I won't go into describing all the tortures they went through because they're unspeakable, actually. But, for example, John de Brebeuf, he's waiting to be picked up to go up to the Indians that he's going to serve, the Native Americans. And as he's waiting to go up there and serve them, my understanding is the dead body of the priest who was there before comes floating down the river. (laughs) And he's still going to go forward. They would come down and pick him up because they were coming down to get their supplies and then they had to take their canoes upstream and there were some places where there was no water and John de Brebeuf was strong and he would help carry. And he won their respect. But eventually, as you're proclaiming God's word, there's going to be opposition. There's pagans and, and people who don't know any other way but paganism or worldliness. And so John de Brebeuf eventually was mocked by being baptized, quote-unquote, with boiling water. Then eventually he was severely mutilated. They would line people up and they would put their tomahawks in a fire, making the iron super red hot, and they would hit you on the flesh with this fire from the the tomahawks. And eventually, he was scalped. But he was so brave that they wanted to be like him. But I would say that some of the greatest sufferings for them wasn't just at the moment of of these tortures. It was the torture of being in the midst of people who don't yet know Christ in the way he lives. For example... The Indians lived in what were called longhouses. Have you ever heard of longhouses? They lived in longhouses. And they didn't know about the sanctity of marriage yet. And so there was a lot of impurity that took place in these longhouses. Imagine being a missionary who has to live in the middle of this, who's following the ways of Jesus, and you're surrounded by this, and then he's not part- they're not participating in this. And they're looking at the missionaries like they're from outer space and trying to force them into their impure actions. They didn't give in. They said that it was like they were walking on lava. You know how there's lava and then underneath there's hot, hot fire? It's like, you know, imagine being on lava. There was one time one of them was taken, the Indians, they got... You know, they're they're preaching, they're converting people. Thank God there were like over 7,000 that were baptized. But one time they just got, those who were opposed to the work of the missionaries, one time they just decided just to take one into a canoe, canoe them way across a big lake, not just a little lake, and just leave him out there on his own. And then when he's out there, the devil appears to him as a beautiful woman and tries to seduce him. I mean, this is our life. 
pretty radical witnesses from the North American martyrs, but all of us are going to face these things in one way or another. We need to stay true to Christ, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Eucharist to do the will of God. We need our Blessed Mother to intercede for us so we can live this witness. Isaac Jobes, his witness was known all throughout France. Isaac Jogues is serving, facing similar tortures. He and some companions were out and they were ambushed by the Mohawks, taken prisoners. When they tied him up, what did they do? They pulled out his fingernails and chewed off his fingers and cut off a thumb. Back in those days, the rule was in the church, if your hands were deformed, you couldn't be a priest because you needed to hold up the Eucharist. Isaac Jogues was released by Dutch traders. They, they, they ransomed him. He goes back to France. He becomes a hero in France. Everybody's talking about his heroic missionary activities. But he got a special dispensation to keep being able to celebrate Mass with his deformed hand. And he went back to the Indians where he died. Wow. This is beautiful. I'm not trying to scare you with the horrific tortures. I'm talking about this courage that comes only from God, the gift of fortitude. But we need this every day, every day to overcome ourselves. That's what I was talking about this morning. Overcome our ego, our will, our self-love. And God will give us that gift by mortifying us and giving us opposition and contradiction and those little little pains, you know? When somebody opposes you, when somebody rejects you, when, when somebody, you know, just has a different disposition or temperament or personality than yours, I don't know. They chew with their mouth open. They stir their coffee and, you know, it's... it's Cling, 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 cling. And you think the world would be a better place if, you know, they just didn't drink coffee. I mean, you know, these little things, we act like, you know, how dare you stir your coffee and make noise, interrupting my peaceful solitude. We're called to witness Christ, and there it is, the cross. So part of this retreat is learning to live the Eucharistic life of Jesus. And that's the Eucharistic life. Now we follow through to the resurrection. But our Blessed Mother, who was at the foot of the cross, is going to help us. But we've had three days in a row of martyrs. Martyr means testimony witness. And let's have the great relationship with the Holy Spirit who gives us faith, hope, charity. Let's have a great relationship with the Eucharist that gives us strength to live the way of Jesus. Let's have a great relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit so we can do the Father's will, continuing the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And all that comes by having a relationship with Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, because our Mother knows how to arrange things in a motherly way to prepare us for what God has in store. But be not afraid, little flock. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say when you need to say it, if you develop a relationship with him. But you always have the choice to keep seeking your donuts. The choice is yours. Amen.